Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, y'all? Y'all listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. Always with your host, your boy Dapper Data. Um, thank you for tuning in again. This is season two, episode four. I've been bringing individuals on the podcast, as you know, just interviewing them from time to time, trying to see how they deal with data on a regular basis. And today I got a special guest. As usual, I got special guests, but this one, this one is really, really special. This is like my brother right here. You know, it's like my blood brother. So today I want to introduce someone who deals with data on a regular basis to make better decisions with a lot of the work that he does. Uh, my boy, Paul Latui. Say hi, Paul. <laughs> hey, hey, what's good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks man, for I'm, having me, man. <laughs> I'm going to jump right in, man. My boy, Paul, man, we've known each other since, man, what was it, 2000 and 2003 time frame, man. So we, yeah, we out here, man. we went to Bowie State together. We was in the summer, what was the engineering program? It was SEM program, the little science engineering. Yeah, math science program. engineering, mathematics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SEM. And actually, to let y'all know, let me let me correct myself. It's Dr. Paul Latui. Dr. Paul Latui. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all find out more about, you know, why he's a doctor, how he got to where he where he came from. But we've known each other, man, since summer program in college, our freshman year, and uh and never looked back since, man. We chop it up up about everything. And you let any one of our friends tell you that that man, we can probably talk for hours and hours on the phone. You know, we're probably the most, most talkative. So, you know, but I brought him on, man, because, you know, he's in a, a very interesting field, a field that probably impacts or have impacted every one of you, your, your, your siblings, your family, you name it. And so, you know, he has a, he has a lot of, uh, he has a good story to tell, you know, but yeah, Paul, man, tell him, tell him a little about yourself, man. Tell him your background, man, what you do. Sorry about that. Yeah, so, um, you know, right now I am a pharmacist. Uh, I'm an assistant supervisor uh-huh. for Kaiser Permanente. Oh, sorry about that, man. I don't know what's going on with this. It's all good. <laughs> I can mute it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, currently I was, um, you know, and boy, I was a biology major, chem minor. And uh, to be honest, man, I didn't really know what I was going to really do with the degree. I didn't always have my eyes on pharmacy. Um, I even thought about changing my major once um, to computer science. Oh, (laughs) man, you should have came over to the dark side, man. I didn't even know that, man. (laughs) Yeah, man, I thought about it, man. I did. I thought about doing it. Um, I had a computer science class, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if many people know that, but I had a computer science class and, you know, I took it and I wasn't really interested, man. I'll be honest. I wasn't too interested in it. Not to hey. say that you can, one could argue that I gave up too soon. Uh-huh. You know, that's fine. Um, but I just, I just felt like, you know, sticking, sticking it out with uh, the science aspect of what right. I was already a part of. Uh, graduated 08, um, took prerequisites. Started uh, pharmacy school in the fall of 09. I went to Notre Dame and Maryland University. That's in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I pretty much went to school for four years. You know, graduated there. And pretty much been a pharmacist ever since, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So that, that pharmacy school thing, and what was really interesting is I didn't, even, I didn't even know. As long as, as long as I've known you, Paul, I didn't know that you even took a computer science class, man. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I do get, though, I, I feel you, man, because at one point I was in computer science. I switched over to computer tech because computer science, I was like, man, am I really feeling this? And the next day, you know, I went back to computer science. So, I mean, in the, the day, you got to kind of follow, you know, your passion and stuff, man. And so that's like, you know, that's kind of what's, what's most important and stuff, man, you know, so. Uh, but but what made you get into like like pharmacy in general? You know, because you got different paths, right? Like you could have taken probably from the biology path, right? You know, the chemistry path and stuff, uh, research and things like that. You know, but like pharmacy, 
and and the last the last podcast I had, man, you know, was talking about how like how it was like important to to um to like to well the last podcast Lawrence was talking about how you gotta make sure when you when you're in like the African like Ghanaian situation or even if you like uh or if you're or even if you're if you're not you're not like African or Ghanaian but it's 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 important. I mean you know if you're African in general it's important like as an engineer you gotta be an engineer, you gotta be some type of profession like that. You know, do you see that as being something that's true as well? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny, man, that you mentioned that. Cause like yeah, yeah. So he he's right. He's spot on because you know it's pushed on by our parents, man. So uh-huh. you know, you always have to be <laughs> you always have to be like some form of healthcare worker, always something in the you know, in the field of healthcare. You know, my mom at one point she 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 mentioned being a cardiologist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> always something like in the medical field. Uh, uh, I never really allowed that to get to me, though. <laughs> to be honest, like I didn't, you know, let that like steer me or influence me to be a pharmacist. To be, you know, keeping it real, um, it was more so, you know, in terms of like what caught my interest. And like you can have like multiple options. I thought I was was just gonna be like a lab researcher, you know, graduating, and I would just be doing that, you know, as my career. Um, oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when when uh, my brother he um, mentioned going to pharmacy school too, and he was uh, bringing the idea of having me apply, mm-hmm. you know, I said, you know, sure, why not? You know, I don't mind doing it. But um, I kind of realized, like, you know, as I was applying or, you know, even more so than that, like, I noticed, I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And it kind of uh-huh. correlates to, to why, you know, I'm in this field, and, you know, because I've, I've realized that even, well, not at a younger age, that I love helping people out. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It's, it, it, just, it just became a matter of, like, how or in what way, which form. Uh-huh. And... You know, being a pharmacist for me was, you know, one of the, was the best way, at least at the time, I felt like to do that, especially since, you know, my mom, you know, she was, you know, taking medications. So if I said, oh, okay, well, if I study or learn all about the stuff that she's taking, I can better take care of her. <laughs> right, right, so, right. So it's even helping so, your mom out. That was a whole, that, that was a, that was something that you even thought about as well. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, for sure. You know, and then, you know, just helping out other people in general, man, like, you know, whether, you know, people in the community, you know, kids. And, you know, even when I started working as a pharmacist and I got better in terms of running the system at the job, mm-hmm. you know, but even just outside of learning the system, I was able to build relationships. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And the more and more relationships I build, um, I was able, I, I built, excuse me it kind of made me realize like, okay, this is what, you know, I shouldn't have been doing. Cause right. that, you know, pretty much certain things you never can get that feeling doing. And that's, that's being a retail pharmacist, not a clinical pharmacist. Let me, let me uh, correct people on that. And what, what would be the kind of the difference though? You know, I won't, you know, uh, let you grill you too much or anything, but no, I, cool. I, wait, wait, before you start, I just want to tell the audience one thing. I'm telling you right now, I've never seen somebody that that has studied so hard and that knows his craft <laughs> like this dude, Dr. Paul Atui. No, no lie. I mean, this dude, I can ask him anything about medicine. I'm telling y'all, the guy will will break it down to you like no other. But go ahead, man. The clinical versus, <laughs> you know, you were saying the, uh, the clinical versus the what again? The retail. Retail, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have, um, you know, clinical pharmacists. You know, they mainly work in hospital settings. Mm. Um, you have retail pharmacists. They mainly work in outpatient settings. That's, you know, what it's usually considered. Or as simply just a retail setting. Like your, you know, those pharmacies you see in the grocery stores, or CBS, Walgreens, right, et cetera. Mm. You know, yeah. it's not like every day. And, you know, a clinical pharmacist, and um, from what, you know, I've seen or know, you know, they mainly deal with uh, the, the pretty much the rounding team, 
they they help out the doctors that they're affiliated with in reference to you know taking care of the, the patients who you know are on their specific unit mm-hmm. you know is it impossible do i say that they don't have that you know patient to doctor relationship i won't say that you know i just don't think it's like every day where i can't you know in a clinical setting you know it's not like i can just call you know somebody or a patient who i build a connection with just to simply ask how they're doing Right. Or someone can't call the job and ask for me and have that conversation with me to express how they feel about the medicine that they're taking mm. or, you know, just about how they're feeling about their day. You know, I've right. had conversations like that, too. Right, right, right. So, like, with your field, though, man, I know, like, on a daily basis, being one of the, the managers there, um, you you probably deal a lot with data. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, you know, if you make decisions, you got like, you know, your computer systems, man, they're constantly telling you, you know, all kinds of information, you know, when y'all are, when y'all are collecting, y'all collect information, y'all use information to help to see probably, you know, how many patients or, I mean, how many people have come in to get certain things and all that stuff like that, you know, man, you know, what are some ways that you see that you currently use data a lot? to help you make decisions in the pharmaceutical field? Well, data is um, simply used, you know, in general, when we talk about data, data is used in gathering or compiling a research that is even gained to come up with these certain documents that, you know, pretty much physicians or pharmacists or these medical professionals use to make decisions on a daily basis, right? So, they have these clinical trials where they have a specific amount of patients involved and they use sort of, you know, they use um, the data to like, you know, pretty much determine how effective is the sample size. And based upon the research, they're they're able to make a solid decision on whatever it is that they're researching. So based upon... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because I was going to ask, like, man, I, I mean, you brought up something good. So what you're saying is, like the clinical trials that are out there that's constantly going on and stuff, they're collecting that on a regular basis. Like they, they probably collecting like rows and rows and rows and like millions of like rows of data. And it, and that helps them make certain type of decisions. Like what kind of decisions you mean? Like, you know, whether like a certain medicine can come out or not, or whether like, you know, like what kind of decisions do you see them making sometimes on like those clinical research uh, things that's going on? Yeah, so that's a good question, man. I mean, we're talking about like everything. Like we're just, you know, but for starters, just simply for indications. Like mm. think about, okay, for example, if someone is taking, you know, hydrochlorothiazide or, you know, HCTZ, how can how does someone know that it's you know it's for blood pressure? Mm, how do right. how do you determine that? I wouldn't know. Just by looking. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. How, does, how does how does one how does one determine, you know? to use hydrochlorothiazide first, as opposed to, you know, lisinopril or Losartan, mm-hmm. you know, ferrosamide or any one of those other blood pressure prescriptions, you know, I mean, blood pressure medications that to help reduce blood pressure. All of them, you know, are, they're pretty old, pretty effective, but again, like how, how does one know that? Right. Think about that. And that's, that's what the data you, is used to determine. It's used to determine those guidelines that people they they either know or they keep in handy and they use that to just make those decisions even companies like think when companies make these medications like they can't they can't make anything that's quote unquote not fda approved right mm-hmm. if something is specifically fda approved for you know this indication then they can go ahead and market that drug and i mean that's a whole another side of it because now you know they look at it like okay it's time to make money right 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 <laughs> so yeah Nah, man. Hey, that's that's dope, man. You know, because a lot of people out here don't know that, like, that's the process all the way to get to, like, what you do. You know what I'm saying? And stuff. And you are, you know, you're an intricate part of that and stuff, you know? So, like, that's the be- that's the beginning stages and stuff, right? So, that's one way they're collecting data and stuff just to get the drug out there, right? Just to be able to say, well, this should be approved or not. Or to be able to say, man, it has these type of, like, like, that's probably how they can tell, well, it got these side effects, right? Because they actually, you know, are collecting data and say over time, like, all right, we we realize that this is a main side effect that they get from a lot of this medicine because we tested it, you know, and they collected the data and stuff like that. They don't just out of the blue, 
just come up with this crap. You know what I'm saying? Just say it or whatever. They actually are are taking it. And you know, and we talked a little bit about earlier, like man, it takes it take it may take a while, right? You know, to even get this one drug out, you know, and that's dope because like like talk about like how long you even see, like how much data is collected, like how many years we talking about, you know, that you may see on an average before you even get a drug out. I mean, from what I've learned, man, it takes, you know, it can take anywhere between 15 and 20 years, you know, for a drug to get approved because it it goes through certain phases. And again, in these certain phases, they're being tested. Right, right, right. They're being tested to see how effective it is, you know, towards whatever study group that, you know, they're, they're, they're presenting it on. So that way they're able to push it in the market enough. Right, right, right. So what, so throughout your process in school, um, one of the things I know, like right now I'm going through my doctorate degree, you know, it's going to take me a little while and stuff, you know, but you, you've been there, you've been there, done that. And you've been there for, for, uh, it was for pharmacy school, right? Mm-hmm. When you went and got it. So during that process, man, like that's data right there that people are collecting, right? Like you're actually doing research. Are you contributing to the, to the, to the community of, of like pharmacy, pharmacy? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you like when you're writing papers and stuff like that, you know, is that like, cause, cause they have to, they have to like study the research that's been done by all kinds of people. And so like, is that something that you even had to do? Like, you know, writing papers and stuff like that, is that data that people are taking in, you know, you think? Um, yeah, man. I mean, like when I was in school, like, I wasn't actually contributing to the pharmacy community yet. Mm-hmm. Because when you're, you know, when you're in pharmacy school, they're they're pretty much just grooming you, you know, getting you ready, or teaching you a lot of basic information, preparing you for the real world. And there are a lot of things that you're gonna have to learn through experience. You can't, you know, I don't think somebody that has graduated pharmacy school can be fully prepared 100%, you know, to any setting that, you know, that they jump into. But at right, least right. they have, but at least they have the basic knowledge you know, and the basic skill set, you know, to adjust and, and pretty much be more prepared. Yeah, I did write papers and I did have to, you know, do research, um, looking at studying those certain trials, whichever, you know, depending on the articles that I had to use. And I did have to present them. And again, like those were real articles. That right, were right, right. Based on everything that I had just mentioned previously, you know, in order to validate whatever narrative I was presenting. Right, right, right. But yeah, man, it's like the data is like continuously growing. You know, you got like social media and all that stuff, man. You know, I'm starting to see um, people being able to use social media in different ways and stuff. And so that might be something that you all are even like, you know, being able to use as far as like research, like collecting the data and stuff that's out there in social media to be able to help decisions as well. You know, so I'm starting to see that, you know, but like, are y'all able to use data to, to like help with customers? You know, like as far as being able to say, I know this customer is running out of this medicine, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, like, do you see that a lot? Because how, how are y'all able to automatically send this text, you know, to somebody right in pharma, in the pharmacy industry, right? You know, I get a text that says, you know, I mean, I'm sorry for, probably messing up the name but like rx rx something you know i might get a text and say your your prescription is ready or something like that it's like whoa you know what i'm saying like like or not even your prescription like you you know you've already used you know x amount you know are you ready for the next next update you know or the next prescription you know like like is that is that that has to be something related to like the data that's being a collect maybe about the individual you know itself and everything yeah, that's a good question, man. So, you know, that particular portion, it varies. Like, yeah, I have different, so my mind just went like this. <laughs> you ask that about different opinions about it, but, you know, it's sticking in that scenario. Like, yeah, so, you know, pretty much the data is, like, we have ways to see. So, so basically, if the doctor's office sent over a prescription or you dropped it off however it was presented. If you dropped it off, you know, let's say um, on Friday, right? And I'm at work today and I'm able to see when you pick that up, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it pretty the system, you know, goes off of that sold date as opposed to like let's say if you you know you you came in and picked it up on Sunday like as of today you know you picked it up on a Sunday, then you know it goes off of the sold date. Mm-hmm. So now let's say if you came back you know after picking it up for about a you know for a month's worth, and you tried to come back after like three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so 21 days and now you're trying to say, oh, you know, you need a refill on your prescription. Now we're going to have to run it back through. And also, you know, with the data or the data processes, you know, you have insurance, too, that, of course, that allows people to have lower co-pays based on your plans. Mm-hmm. So the insurance company is going to go off of the sold date. And they're going to say, wait, you know, Bobby just picked up his prescription on this day and it's too soon. And it gives you that date or the earliest date of when he can pick it up. Right. So that's like mainly pretty much what all pharmacy systems use. Like it, it's just, it's just every, every system is different. You know, see, I've been in a CVS environment. So, you know, you know, we had like Arcs Connect mm-hmm. and, you know, just um, being where I'm at now, like is uh, they use um, EPIMS is what it's called. So like those, that, that, that particular, those particular systems, they're very different, but that concept is the same in terms of like how to determine when someone can pick up their you know prescription or not. Right. But, you know, there are way, there are ways around it. So, so at your like where you're at right now, do you see that you all have to kind of collect the data based off of like, are y'all at the part or is this before y'all? You know, but it's still I feel like it's still in that same chain somehow where you have like negative like negative outcomes and like being able to deal with like risk factors and things like that, you know, and like if you were able to give, like if, if it was because y'all, y'all don't really, y'all kind of are like the in-between, right? You got the people who are saying like, like here, here is the medicine to distribute for this and that, and you know it to a T and stuff, you know, but, but then, and then you pass it along to the people who are saying, Hey, I need this medicine for whatever, issue I got going on and they got the they got the response maybe from like they might have got it from um from um from like the doctors or something like that to say hey look get this prescription blah blah this and that and stuff so do you see like do you see like as far as like the negative impacts and stuff do you have to do you have to jot those down and collect that as like data you know do they come back to y'all or do you or do, is that something that's like you know, how, how do they even collect that, right? Like the negative impacts of like the, the tag on uh, like the, the medicine and stuff, right? After, after it's already been passed out, right? How do they, I mean, do they, do, are you a part of that? You know, a part of that team? Yeah, are you a part of that group that would have to, uh, that would have to see that? Like, you mean like collect the negative impact of somebody, you know, taking a medication? Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, partially, like in terms of the internal, internally, like, no, like, you know, but yeah, you can say I'm definitely a part of it because it's not like if someone is coming into the pharmacy saying that this medication had a negative, um, like impact on me. And obviously if they said that, right. You don't want to keep giving it to them. You don't want to keep dispensing it, you know, to that person. Right. So, you know, is there a way that the system can, is there a way that the system could you know, pick that up based on what they say? No, but based on what the person says, can you add that in the system? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you communicate that to the doctor? Yes. Right. Can you communicate to the doctor to try to get the prescription changed in order for the patient to try something else to where they won't be feeling, you know, whatever effect that is that they, that they were feeling previously? Yes, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And based on the data, you know, you can look in a patient's, uh, profile and see why that that it was caused maybe it was an allergic reaction maybe it could have been based on something else that they were taking um right you know it could be you know, and you all try that, to take the pic- and all that data is like collected beforehand right like that that data you already know like all right man they got this alert allergy right it should have they should not have got that prescription maybe based off of the allergy but it's actually is actually in the system, right? Because the thing is, like, like you know, it's that those are the type of vital signs and all that stuff like that that's collected. Like, it's, it's dope that everybody is privy to that knowledge sharing information, right, within the chain, because it's like, 
you know, you need that. You need that in the chain. But that's a lot of data. People don't understand. Like, people get all mad, man. Like, why in the world? Why in the world you got to collect all this data on me, right? From the initial stages, right? A doctor. Like, why do you need to know my blood pressure? Why do you need I'm I'm coming in here for this code. Why you got it? You know, and they collect it all the time, right? They got to get this <laughs> updated information. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I might be one of them. If I'm going in there, I'm like, yeah, I might. I feel like I. I feel like I got an up respiratory infection and you go in there and you check him. I'm like, why in the world are you checking my blood? I don't care, right? I'm telling you what I got, you know? But it seems like they may collect the data because they need to update it. And and I didn't know how much of knowledge sharing y'all do, right? You know, from what I from what I'm hearing from you is that like you're able to see certain things that's been passed along from the doctor and all that stuff, which is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like you're able to do a lot of knowledge sharing in the environment and stuff, you know, for sure. So. Yeah, man. I mean, exactly. You know, you know. Sometimes what I what I tell people that I work with is, uh, you know, you have certain patients that will get mad at things they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to question the system. It's okay to question the logic of why, you know, these or certain metrics need to be taken to be kept in the system. Um, mm-hmm. I think what 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 needs to be more understood though. You know, in that in that sense is that you know we need to get all parameters to be able to evaluate you, right? Because maybe if you know there are some times where somebody you know a patient could have something going on, and you know doctors won't have a clue. Mm, so right, you know, in that case, like where do they go from there, right? If they don't have the proper um, you know, vitals, you know, as you mentioned, that could have easily determined that, then, you know, they can get in trouble for that, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, they can right. get in trouble for that. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, man, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a lot to it, man, because, you know, also, you know, like I was saying, though, um, you know, for, you know, for, for patients who, who, who pretty much have these particular, specific situations going on, mm-hmm. like, how how does a doctor actually determine, you know, what the possible factors could be, you know, and that's by getting all of the correct numbers and the correct metrics that is needed to make a determination. Mm. You know, mm. if they don't have that, then they would, you know, a lot of times they would probably use their best judgment and try to evaluate further, maybe send you to a specific specialist. And it still happens too. Right, whether right. they have the whether they have the metrics or not, they still do that. Yo, you just you just said something that kind of just sparked something. Like, I mean, it just it just made me think about how, like, it's important to collect the data in your field, right? But I think the most important thing is the accuracy of the data, right? <laughs> like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, people out here collecting data, you can collect a bunch of it, but it gotta be the right data. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, go ahead, man, because that because that's like that's like important, man. You know, yeah. So, so let's so let's think of, let's think let's think about typical typical situation. Right? Yeah. You got a sick child, and you know, mother or father or parents they bring the child to the to to the, to the doctor's office, mm-hmm. and they're getting upset that the that they're taking or gathering all this simple information about the child because the child is sick. And they just want to get the medicine to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if like every if that step was bypassed, right? Let's say if if all of a sudden the doctor just says, okay, he may have, you know, sinus infection, whatever here, you know, give you some amoxicillin suspension. Mm-hmm. Okay. They give it to the child. What about the child? Now the child breaks out into an allergy. Mm. It breaks out. I mean, breaks out in a rash. Excuse me. It break out in a severe rash. Right. And it wasn't caught because the parents were rushing the child so much that they never told the doctor that their child had a penicillin allergy. Mm. So something, something that simple could have been inputted in the system. To whereas, right. if if the pharmacy was filling that prescription, it would have been a hard stop. Right. Right saying hey you know this 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 patient has a penicillin penicillin allergy mm-hmm. you know you may want to consult with the doctor man like yeah and that and like the allergy i mean i'm allergic to amoxicillin myself 
you know, and I and I can only imagine, like I I, I wasn't allergic to amoxicillin yeah. like when I was younger though, and that's probably another reason why they gotta continue to collect the data, even if it don't got nothing to do with what you coming in for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then they gotta collect that data because they might want to find something out new. They might find something out new, or they might actually want to make sure because I guess your body changes over time, right? You know what I'm saying? I wasn't allergic to something when I was younger, amoxicillin. Then as I got older, I was allergic to amoxicillin. And so then luckily they continue to ask, like, I mean, you know, they continue to check these things and, and, and update the system. Cause if you got data that's like five years old, man, who knows what would have happened five years ago compared to now and stuff, you know, so I'm sure things change like over time, you know, and, I mean, even from an insurance standpoint, right? Like, you got to make sure that's right all the time, right? Because y'all, uh, I already know every time I go into CVS, it's like, yeah, is your, is, your, is, your, is, your, is your insurance updated? You know, is it the latest, you know, is this the right accurate insurance and stuff, you know? Because that probably could, that probably could halt a lot of things too, you know, as far as like being able to provide you with the medicine, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, you know? So insurance is definitely important, right? For sure. <laughs> that could definitely that could definitely halt the process, man, because, you know, I mean, typically insurance is 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 what pays for your prescription. Right. So that's one of the biggest factors of why medicine is, is such a huge deal in, in America. Right. Because of cost. Yeah. You know, we uh, you have a lot of people who, you know, are just less fortunate. So they need, you know, everything they can get you know, to their, to their, to their, um, advantage. Right. So right, if, right. if you have somebody who, you know, they're picking up prescriptions, especially for those, you know, for the people who, who have cancer, uh, yeah, you know, HIV, things like that too, you know, those medications are very expensive, man. So if they don't have, you know, the proper insurance on file, you know, you know, those medications cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, as long as their insurance is updated and everything, like that allows them to, you know, to not pay anything or to pay a very low copay for their prescriptions. You know, even even um, those diabetic patients, too, because insulin is expensive. Mm-hmm. Insulin out of pocket is very expensive. They got to be keeping up with like they got to be keeping up with the data of the cost, too. Right. Like, because how do they even know? whether this is an affordable, affordable drug or not, right. For like the average people that are out there getting this thing. So that's something I ain't even think about. Like, that's probably something that, that they got to keep up with too, as far as the data, like, all right, you know, this cost, the average people can't afford this. So let me make it this specific cost for this drug. I done seen some drugs that's expensive as crap, you know, <laughs> just going in there. If your insurance can, can at least pay a good amount of it, that's great. But sometimes you go in, you know, this might be a drug that, it's very, very important. And I mean, all of them probably are important for whatever the use case is and stuff for the person. But, but like, for instance, you know what I'm saying, for cancer or something like that, whatever drug that's given, you know what I'm saying, like, they got to say, well, I could charge this much somehow, but based off of like economy and all that stuff, the cost has to be around this range because I can't really overcharge people. Nobody's going to be able to survive this range. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's probably probably big in the cost there and stuff too man. yeah i think the insurance company themselves they're they're the ones who are determining the cost of the prescription you know the right. insurance companies they contract with the pharmacies you know to allow patients or whomever to come in and 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 use their company like uh-huh. it, you know you got just think about medicaid individuals people who use obamacare and things like that or or like those medicare part d individuals right uh-huh. you know if you got those people or Blue Cross Blue Shield, even just insurance, insurance companies in general, they're going to, they have what's called formularies, they, you know, prescription medications that are formulary. Cause sometimes people get confused like patients. They'll think that, you know, insurance means that everything is paid for no matter what you get. You know, yeah. that's not how it works. But the insurance company, they develop formularies. So they have people on their end who are using data and say, okay, this medication, these, this, these, these list of medications, we're going to include in our formula to be affordable to, you know, whoever chooses to go with us, you right. know, as opposed to, you know, the long, the non-formulary medications to where maybe it's just, you know, it'll possibly just be too much for the company to pay for out their own pocket. So they they just say, okay, if the patients want these, they're going to have to pay out of pocket for it. 
you know, right, it's right. a, you know, it's definitely, I think when it comes to insurance companies, it, it's about, it's definitely about what, you know, what's affordable, but it's, it's about money. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in my, definitely. In man. my opinion. In man. my opinion. Yeah. We already know that. That's probably like a whole nother podcast, man. You know, maybe the one, maybe our it is. later on stuff, you know, I ain't going to tell them too much. I ain't going to tell the audience too much about what we got coming up, man. But we, we definitely are brothers, man. And we got some, uh, some stuff for y'all in the future and stuff, man, you know, but yeah. get so, in the kitchen. Right. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Paul, man, you know, like, 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 what do you, so do you, do you have any thoughts as to what, how you think like, you know, the pharmacy could be using data, you know, in the future and stuff or like to predict, to predict things like what would help, your job better right you know what i'm saying to be able to spot on predict you know somebody coming in and stuff and you're like oh you know you you know you i don't i don't know right you know what i'm saying like something something cool maybe that you may that you may think like man if i was to i would love for like the computer industry or like you know data science and stuff to kind of be ahead of the game to be able to do some type of cool prediction to help your job to be better and stuff right you know artificial intelligence whatever it is uh, you know, um, thinking, thinking about that. Well, before I before I answer, I'm gonna say something, then I'll, I'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so some certain things that people may not understand. I'm not sure. If, I don't think we ever had the discussion. Is yeah. So to answer that question, I, I'm a I'm gonna say a statement, then I'm a I'm gonna go back. So, like for people, if you know, I don't I don't know if we ever had this conversation, um, before. But what a lot of people gotta understand is like the the data and these pharmacies is also used to tally up the results. Like mm-hmm. we also have, they, they, like we, there are also metrics that all of these pharmacy companies use. Pick one. You talk about shoppers, Walmart, oh, Walgreens, CVS. So I didn't think it, about that. Yeah. So they use metrics to determine how well the store is performing. So mm. all that, so they have these systems that, that are put in place, you know, using certain technology that allow uh, the employees of pharmacists and technicians to dispense medications, you know, as fast as possible, mm-hmm. right? You know, and if you think like it, it's it's a money grab, it's a game yeah. of money, you know, at the end of the day, you know, patient care is definitely there. But, you know, one would argue that, you know, they're not given enough speed or enough time, excuse me, enough time to actually fully assess patients like they would like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, like, you know, typical Walgreens or CVS, like any retail setting, you know, you want to get this prescription filled within about 10 to 15 minutes. There's a metric that measures that alone. Mm-hmm. And based upon that, you know, they use that data to say, okay, based upon that, we, we have more patient satisfaction. Because one thing in life that people don't like to do is wait. Time is big, man. We talk about that all the time, man. <laughs> yeah, they don't like to wait in line. So it it puts a lot of pressure on us pharmacists to get these prescriptions out of there using the systems that are in place as fast as possible. And we're talking about hundreds of prescriptions filled every day. Dang. So, you know, you got to think about, like, you know, how that actually could affect like patient care to some aspect, right? You know, I'm pretty sure that's a whole nother topic, but I wanted to put that out there. I think one thing, if if I haven't seen it yet, that would be good is, you know, you know, virtual counseling, you know, mm. for retail settings. It would allow it would allow people to have access uh, to speak with the pharmacist, you know, you know, outside of the retail setting if they were you know if they were allowed to schedule a virtual a virtual uh consultation Mm -hmm. or if pharmacists in these retail settings were allowed to work at home too doing these virtual councils and you know for example if somebody had a question about a medication or they had a question about um you know one of their refills one of these simple questions question about the refill or pricing or anything, you could have one of these pharmacists in the retail setting to have a computer at home that can access the system that's being used in the store, mm-hmm. you know, to pretty much look up all this information to where they can see, you know, the insurance that can be used, 
they can see like their medication profile to ask them these questions and then they'll just be able to give um, using the other resources to give it, you know, pretty much give the, the best answer to the patient. But of right. course they wouldn't be able that, you know, they would only be limited because they wouldn't be at the pharmacy to actually fill the medication, you know, but at least like, let's say if they had access to the system at home, you can have these pharmacists that could still go in and uh-huh. do like the data entry for these prescriptions and still do these virtual counseling for members, you know, with meetings being set up, just like, just like, uh, like a doctor's office, like what they're doing now. You know, you can set up phone appointments or, or virtual appointments. I haven't seen that in a retail setting yet, so I think that would be, that would be dope. Yeah, yeah, man, that's a great idea, man. And even to add to that, man, because one of the things that I just thought about based off of what you said, like the virtual counseling thing, like, I mean, I know you always talk about how, man, y'all don't, y'all are busy as crap, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all are busy. Y'all got things I got to do behind the scenes. Plus, y'all got to deal with the customers and stuff, you know, and then customers don't know all that, right? They just want their meds, right? So you got all this going on. But, like, if you were able to have some type of, like, artificial intelligence or something like bot, right, the robot, not necessarily to replace you all, but to be side by side and help out with things like, like that right like be able to chat online and then they have a bot there that says all right you asking this question and then it goes back and search through the data real quick and they can find the answer for you whereas now you got another one of you i mean that's not going to replace y'all because at the end of the day you can't i always say you can't replace you'll you will never be able to replace people like you all because you're trying to you can't replace like chaos right you can't replace like you know, empathy, you can't replace those type of things, you know, so you, you're just not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, you know, the chaotic customer out there that comes out and just needs some kind of crazy stuff. And they're just disgruntled and all that stuff like that, you know, where you got a robot who's like, they're not going to be like, yeah, I understand, you know, how you, how you feel and things like that. I'm sorry. And blah, blah. They're not going to show any empathy. They're going to be like, yeah, um, I said before the data is here. This is what it says. They're, they're going to just hit you with that joke over and over again. And you're going to mess yeah, around and knock the computer out. <laughs> no, right? You know, but then you got a human, right, who can still be frustrated, right? But you got the human who, who's still getting like, who's still getting to have empathy with like with the customer and say, Dag, I know what they're going through and stuff. You know, I mean, I might not know exactly what they're going through, but I know that they're, we have been waiting. We have been, I mean, they have been waiting for a while. Let me try my best to accommodate this customer, you know, like, like having a robot there that's able to scan through the data faster than y'all can, right? Because you think about it, like, that's what, that's the beauty of the AI and stuff. They're able to look through all this mounds of data, right? And then they're able to possibly more than likely not have like a human error where they're like tired or, you know, mess up or something like that. So you got somebody like like a robot that's never going to get tired. They're going to scan forever and all that stuff. So then they can actually help out, right? You know, whereas now y'all can handle certain things, right? With the customer interface and all that stuff day to day that you got to do, you know, like, are they even talking about that stuff, you know, eventually? I mean, do you hear that any at all? Mm-mm, I, I haven't heard that at all, man. I think it's based on the certain things that you mentioned. I've had conversations about that though, you know, and they're, they're, um, I can understand it. Some people would think that, you know, you have, um, you know, robots replacing pharmacists. Right. And I, I, I can't picture it right. because, you know, you got in your perfect world, you know, you have medications being dispensed, gets to the pharmacist, in this case, the robot, the robot, check it, push it out, good right. to go. But again, like I said, there are certain metrics that have to be met. Right, right. So, and speaking of yeah. those metrics, though, real quick, because oh, sorry, you had a thought, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Right, good. I, I was just thinking because I got so hype off of the off of the fact that <laughs> <laughs> often I get hype on all kinds of knowledge. You know me, man. I'm always like uh, obsessed with growth and stuff. You know, but I like spare for the spare. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a little inside joke, man. Y'all know about, man. You know, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when you talk about like the metrics that y'all collecting, when you think about like so so this is a question I had because I got it down. I was like, dang, that's kind of dope that y'all collecting metrics from. We're not just talking about a CVS. You're not just talking about a Walgreens. 
you're not just talking about the shoppers over here or whatever it is. You're talking about multiple pharmacies and you got collected and stuff and it helps you make different investments and stuff like that. It has to, right? So the way that I look at it is, or the question I had is, do those metrics also determine like whether you disperse more of a certain medication to a certain pharmacy? You know what I'm saying? Than the other one. Because if y'all are active, right? If y'all over there at, at the pharmacy you're at, you know what I'm saying? And y'all are like active way more than a pharmacy down the street, then if they already know that, then they're going to like, all right, I'm going to give you maybe two more of this, this medicine or something like that. Or I'm going to give you more of this medicine than I'm going to give you of this other medicine. I mean, then I'm going to get this pharmacy of the same medicine because they're not going to get as many clients as y'all are, right? Mm. Do you see that happen at all? Um, with, with data? Well, not even from a data. Like, like, it's probably based off of data because they got to know because it's just like, uh, for instance, I'll give, I'll give a, a, a comparison, right? So you got like Targets and Walmarts and stuff like that. So with Target, like the Target in Maryland versus the Target in Virginia, right? There's multiple in each one, but let's just say there's one Target in Maryland, one Target in Virginia. A lot of times, like they collect data, the corporate Target, right? May, may collect data, wherever that is, may collect data over time and say, well, I know that the, the Target in Maryland is busier than the target in Virginia on a regular basis, you know, in general, or they may say, well, I know that they sell more uh, baby clothes over in the target in Virginia for some reason than they do in the target in Maryland, right? And so in the target in Maryland, they're not going to give them as many baby clothes, right? They're just going to give them enough so that they give them the amount that they actually, on an average, they're checking. Like, okay, on an average, y'all selling about this much, this much. At Maryland, so I'm gonna give you that. But in Target, I'm gonna. Give, I mean, the, the one in Virginia, they're gonna give them more, right? So say you got the pharmacy right where you're at, right? Let's say Maryland, right? The pharmacy in Maryland. Then you got the pharmacy out here in Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. It could be Walgreens. It, it could be. It could be whatever, whatever, uh, whatever supplier. Well, I mean, whatever group it is, like whether it's the CVS, whether it's your know, Walgreens, whatever it is. But if they, if they know. Because it, it has to be times where you have said, man, you know, we don't have that right now, right? We don't have mm-hmm. this medicine. But if you go to the Walgreens, right, they may have it. And they have mm-hmm. it, right? Is it is it sometimes because looking at the data, they may get more of that item sometimes? You know, like, do they disperse more of one type of medicine to something that's more busy than they do to, like, y'all or vice versa or something? So no, when it comes to when it comes to the inventory, it's store specific. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think what determines that is the area that your store is in. Mm-hmm. So if if you have, you know, for instance, you use the Target in Maryland versus a Target in Virginia. Mm-hmm. If you had the Target in Maryland that were, you know, you had depending on the the neighborhood that you were in. Let's say if the patient the or the patient population there were you know more diabetics mm-hmm. you're gonna see a lot of metformins glipizides you know you know pioglitazones and your, right, your lances right, and things right. like that versus your target in virginia you know if you saw like a, a high population of hiv people and that i mean in that specific target so you're going to yeah. dispense more hiv medications and that's going to be up to discrepancy of the pharmacies like they're not going to have a like one list of medications and they're going to say, okay, well, you know, we're running low on these things, but at the same time, all that, all that is being kept in place. So they have things, metrics that are being performed, such as like cycle counts to where it allows you to keep up with the inventory in the the pharmacy on a daily or weekly, monthly basis. So, you know, depending on how your system is set up, they know to automatically order the medication that you're running low on. Right. Or, you as a pharmacist or whoever you you know you pretty much uh you give the the direction to give or to put in an order for they will know okay well we're running low on these orders based upon the cycle counts as if you're doing them correctly so i know to go into the system and order more of it so it stays on the shelf so you never run out of the issue or you know you never run into an issue of of not having in stock now if you did run into that issue though right You know, let's say if you delegated the the order to a technician, they put it in, or whatever the case may be, and 
you know, let's say for whatever reason didn't come in that yeah. day or the next day. And a memory, you know, a patient comes in trying to pick it up. Depending on how the system is set up, you know, you can look at another store's inventory, you know, in 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 the system. There's a system set up where you can look at another store's inventory to see whether they have the 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 medication or not. But right. from my experience, like, you know, most of the times they just call, they'll just right. call the store and see if they have it. And if they do have it, they just simply transfer it out. Ah, but that's how you kind of can get ahead, you know, if you already are checking the inventory and things like that. And that's another thing to kind of point out, like the inventory is like important. And what you just said was dope because like that's data right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That they're using to be able to make decisions as to, you know, you got more HIV people at this one place versus this place. All right, I'm going to give, I'm going to distribute some more here. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So Yeah. And I, and even to piggyback off that, like I can tell you now, like, you know, in pharmacies now, they, I could tell you that they're, they're, they have sections called, like, the retail pharmacies, that is. They have sections called, um, like, fast movers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every pharmacist or majority of pharmacists that hear that term would, would automatically order. They're, they're going to know what that means. They're fast mm-hmm. movers. You know, so those are their, your prescriptions or medications that are dispensed, you know, quite often. Ah, so gotcha. it should never be, it should never be, so if you know, like, I know ibuprofen is, you know, a, that's going to be uh, one of the most common fast movers. Yeah, any, they should never run out of that. Any retail setting you go to, yeah. Any uh, retail setting you go to, uh, fast okay. movers. So if you're always dispensing ibuprofen every day, every week, you know, each month, that's exactly, like you just said, that should be something that you never run out of. So, right. like I said, in my experience, if, if for whatever reason, if we didn't get that, if there was ever a time where we didn't get that, I'm, my my antennas go up. <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't. If ever, if I ever saw Bad a signal. system like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just goes up because I would just be wondering why. Or right. if you know, like I used to look out for patients that I knew were on certain medications. So if I knew they would be taking this medication on a monthly basis, I would always make sure that it stays on the shelf you know, to always have in stock. You know, there have been times when people come to me, they, they've expressed their frustration to me. Every time I come in, this medication is always out of stock. It's always out of stock. So yeah. I take note of it and I say, okay. So I always make sure that we order ahead of time ah. you know, to make sure that this medication is always on the shelf every time mm-hmm. that this patient comes in so they can never complain, you know. Yeah. And y'all probably already got in an inventory as to what is all of all my, I mean, y'all probably already know, like a good pharmacist, like a manager, so probably would know what ones are probably pretty much like always out of stock and stuff. You got to be ahead of the game, but you know, in inventory, right? Something you brought up with inventory made me think about like how accurate that has to be, right? Like we talk about inventory. If your inventory is not accurate, right? And you, and you sit there and you're like, all right, I don't got this but I know I can probably get it from this store and that inventory ain't accurate, right? You know, that's a problem, you know, or, or if, or if you're saying, Hey, you know, you can go to the store and get it, you know, the Walgreens, whatever it is, I can search and you can go here and that inventory is not accurate. You know what I'm saying? Then man, like you got, you know, that's a whole nother problem. So that's why the data got to be important in the inventory section as well. Yeah. That speaks in, in, in exactly. That's why a lot of stores call. You know, right. even I would call, like, be honest, just because of what you said. Right, you know, right. Like, can you trust what, what you see 100% of the time? And to be honest, I, you know, I, I always take, you know, better safe than sorry. So, you know, I typically just call, just be on, be on the safe side and just make sure that they have it. And you don't want to tell a, a patient that, yeah, this store has it just by seeing what's in front of you. You send them to that store. They don't have it because obviously they're going to be upset. And that's something you, you know, at least I would try to avoid. Right, you know, right. essentially that's just bad cover. That's bad service, man. You know, I take pride in that. Yeah, and, yeah. You gotta, cause you you gotta put yourself in their shoes. I think that's what um, a lot of pharmacists and you know technicians, just employees in general, despite how tough things get, you always gotta think about that. Like, put yourself in their shoes, and you know, just really try to be there for them and look out. You know, cause you, you don't want to send someone on a runaround saying yeah. that. A robot skills, can't skills, do that. Yeah. A robot not gonna a be able to do that. Just, <laughs> yeah, like, can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And, and again, customer service is also another metric that is measured in mm-hmm. pharmacies. You know, and a robot can't 
can't show emotions. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you, you know, somebody can't, you know, in a survey, somebody can't say, oh man, you know, this robot was very nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it really listened to everything I had to say and it really understood my, my, my feelings and, and frustration about what I was experiencing. And he said, it said that it would personally take care of me the next time I call or come in. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it, that would be crazy. It, it that probably would be crazy, if, if that was like embedded in the robot to like say that every time, then yeah, you know, it'll just do it. But just, just off a of GP, just, just saying it just because it really genuinely felt like that. Nah, that just ain't, that just ain't gonna be able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's no way that I can do it, man. You know, but yeah, mm-hmm. man, you know, that's you know, one mean, thing you and then you know one thing you also got to think about replacing a pharmacist with a robot is you got to think about um, the team that you're working with because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of retail settings the pharmacist is working by themselves in most mm-hmm. stores. So what does that mean? Whether they're the manager or not, mm-hmm. whichever pharmacist who is there that day is the is the leader. Essentially, they have to be the one to delegate. And make sure everybody's being put in a proper place in order to be to be efficient and succeed for the day. Right, right, right. So meaning if you had, you know, one pharmacist here and there was a line busy, the front line was busy, drive through was busy, drop off was busy, how do you handle that in a setting where you feel like you don't have enough people to man each station, right? Mm. How do you how do you handle that? You know, some people could do it effectively, some people can't. There is a percentage of people who just, you know, they just to just work their eight and they just go. Um, but essentially what I'm saying is that pharmacists will be, will, could easily say, okay, you go here, you go there. I'm going to move myself over here mm. because I'm, I'm going to position myself to where I can be more efficient in this particular situation so we can be right. most effective. Right, right, I don't think right. a robot can do that. Right, right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think a, I don't think a robot can say, you know, hey, Vanessa, you go to the front line um, Mark, you 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 go to the drive-through, and you guys rotate um, back and forth. Or Mark, you rotate from from one drive-through customer to the drop-off. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep typing in the prescriptions that are coming in through the through the uh, you know through the um, through the screen, and I'm gonna right. try to fill as much as possible. Right. And I'm gonna and, just jump <laughs> in, in in each station as best as I can. Right. Right. Because you can't do that. Because only only y'all know you know the strengths and weaknesses of the person. Plus all, all, plus only y'all know, right? Shoot, that person might come in, they might have been killing it for like a whole like three, three, three months, right? They in that, yeah. that that's what they do. They killing the drive, they couldn't drive. They might have come in, man, and something happened, you know, God forbid, you know, something happened to the family member or somebody having a bad day. They come in, they just can't kill it that day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Only uh, you, the robot can't make that decision. Like, look, you got a bad day. Let me move you over here. Will you not interact with the customers more? Let me get. You can make that decision. You know, saying being a manager, a human being, you can actually do that and stuff. You know. Yeah. Even like you know, for example, you know, I filled up to four hundred prescriptions in a day before, mm-hmm. um, more possibly. And that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you'll have just me and two technicians. Mm-hmm. So. Just think about that for a second. Like, how how did how does that even occur? So now it's like, not only do you have to get all this work done, you have to get it done on time. Right. You gotta be efficient with it. You gotta be, gotta be efficient. <laughs> so, you know, you know, the team that I you know I was with, you know, shout out to them. Like, we used to be so good together to the point where, like, we we worked well together to the point where we could work in that setting. And we can get we can get the job done, right. and you know, pretty much when you know when you when you study something to the point where you're able to pick out certain mistakes or things like that, you can catch like the interactions or you know you can still do consultations in time. Everything is about it becomes about strategy, mm-hmm. you know. You know what about people that come in with fake prescriptions too? We haven't mm. even talked about we haven't even talked about that. Man, we haven't so- even talked about that. Man, yeah, a robot, a robot can't, they can't make that decision, right? You know what I'm saying? Y'all, yeah. y'all are using, I mean, what do y'all use to determine somebody to come in with a fake prescription? And then what do you use to determine, like, if somebody had, because we even talked about it before, right? You got people that may come in 
you know, that, that may be looking to, 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 to over, to overuse this might be medicine and stuff. Right. And you talk about like, like those are possibilities, right. You know, that, that you can yeah. have, but you got to have as a human, you got to be able to gauge that. But sometimes, right. Let's be honest, right. You could also gauge wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? You could be like, man, you know, this person, you could give a false positive. You can give a, 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 a false negative or something like that. You know, you can either way, you could be, you could possibly be wrong, you know, but, but based off of like what you've seen based off of data and things like that, you know, you could probably determine better. Like these are probably the key things you look for in an individual, right. You know, and you got something called a chaos theory. I think I mentioned this before, like in one of my old podcasts, but like the chaos theory is something that to me will, will allow the, like the robot to never take over, will never allow the robot to take over. There's too many things that are chaotic that go against what the the repetitiveness of a robot can bring, right? You know, the the consistency that a robot can bring. There's too many chaotic factors that come into certain things. This right here in pharmacy, there's too many chaotic factors, right, <laughs> that come in. Too many. You know? too many. Yeah. Think, and even to piggyback on that, right? What happens if you got like a member, which happens? They they come in with a fake prescription. You know, or better yet, they come in with a medication and it, you know, for a narcotic and it's out of stock. Mm-hmm. Man, these people will get angry, man. Mm-hmm. Some people will get angry, they'll get upset, you know, or even better, a better scenario, they come in, pick up a prescription, and like I said, they try to, I mean, try to fill up a narcotic and it comes up too soon. Mm-hmm. Insurance, it's, it's a week early. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to pay cash or, you know, I, I still want to get it. It shouldn't, I don't understand. I don't know why this happened. Right. And, right. you know, you're, you're telling the member, okay, just a couple of days early, you know, a few days early, you know, we can't fill it until right. this date. Oh, I want to speak to the manager. <laughs> I, I want to speak to the pharmacist. Right. What are you going to have? You're going to have J5 just come <laughs> to the consultation <laughs> and, try to, and try to reason with an angry, yeah. angry that guy. That's going to steal him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that person going to steal that robot immediately, right? <laughs> I've, I've seen some stuff, man. I've seen some stuff in my experience, man. I've seen some stuff. I, I could tell you stories for days oh, about angry man. customers, man. Oh, I we can say we we'll definitely say that for the for the, for our podcast, our little side joint, you know. That, I mean, yeah, another, yeah, another yeah. one that we got coming up, but <laughs> but like that's hilarious, man. But but what caught my attention just then, because that what you're saying, that first trigger, for some of it may even be like a red a red flag, may be like, oh, you come in in a week early, right? You look in the data, the system, right? It shows you like, man, like you can't just automatically thinking ahead they come in a week early. They come in. And they're like, hey, let me get this. You you look in the system, you're like, hold up, you're a week early. You know, like, that's a flag off the break. You know what I'm saying? And if they didn't have that after it, you know what I'm saying, then that's a problem too, you know? So, you know, man, like, it, man, y'all y'all use data. I think this is probably one of the podcasts, man. It probably ran over, man, about an hour almost because <laughs> you know how we get to wrap it up. I know, right? I know, right? You know? Right. You know? know right. But nah, man, I, I really appreciate you coming appreciate you coming on man you know i'm gonna go ahead and end it and stuff man but you know the, uh, i always am with a dope data gem and i know we talked about man like you know you get approximately man 15 20 years man before some uh new drug is developed man and they're spending millions and millions of dollars on it and that adds up right to you you look at the clinical data you got to go through you look at like the molecular stuff the compound stuff they got to go through they got to keep doing that over time and so, mm-hmm. you know, when they're storing that data, it's like millions and millions of data, right? And so that's important for us to be able to do analytics on it and stuff, man. You know, and a lot of people don't understand how important that is in the environment to be able to do that. And so this is just, this is a part of the healthcare industry that, that a lot of people take for granted, you know, that, that they got to go through this process, you know, to even get a medicine out, a medication out, and that all the stuff you have to go through to deal with all these people and things like that, you know, and how data has been able to help you and stuff, man, you know, so I appreciate it, man. And, you know, again, man, y'all out here listening, man, you're listening to the data is my science podcast, the show that makes data your passion as always your host, Dapper Data, Dope Dapper Data. I'm calling myself Dope Dapper Data. Soon to be doctor, man. I, I like talking to some, doctors, some man. Give me some swag in there, huh? Put some swag in there. Exactly. A little sprinkle, a little sprinkle <laughs> swag, you know. But nah, man, y'all can reach me 
you know, um, on IG, Twitter, Facebook, um, at Mr. Dapper Data, uh, or uh, LinkedIn at Bobby Roundtree. Uh, Paul, I want to thank you for joining in and definitely want to make sure you're staying safe out there, man. For those of y'all that don't know, being in the pharmaceutical industry where he's at right now and the day-to-day things that he does, man, is essential to this world, you know, and Paul has been right in the mix of things on a regular basis, you know, because people need their medication, you know, people need those things and stuff. And, uh, and, and so he's sitting there sacrificing his life you know, every day, man. So we appreciate you, man, during this time of COVID-19. You know, I just want to say thank you for all you're doing and all your team is doing and stuff too, man. And, you know, uh, where, you know, where can they, re- if they if they want some advice on some things, man, you know, the, you got a place they can reach you at, LinkedIn or something like that, man. Yeah, I mean, right now, um, the best way to reach me via social media is my, through my Facebook. Okay. Anybody can just, uh, they can just search my name, Paul Atui, A-T-U-E-Y-I. And they can send me a message there. If they have any questions, um, you know, we can just go from there. Yeah. I'm not talking or texting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, thanks a lot again, man. I appreciate you, man. You know, love you as always, man. You know, and uh, be safe out there, man. Love you too, bro. We'll catch up, man. <laughs> All right. All right, man. One love. Thank you for listening to The Data Is My Science Podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data.